Morning, everyone. Welcome to Coffee with Casey, where we talk about market conditions and market strategies. Busy schedule today. You know, the big question is, is this spring 2021 all over again? 2022 all over again? In those springs, multiple contracts were everywhere. Contracts were bid 50, $100,000 over list price, or at least five to seven, eight, nine, 10%. Is that back? Bottom line is it's back, right? In January of this year, um, you know, the launches that we've had, our listings are attracting, and we're pricing them correctly, are attracting 50, 75. One was 150,000 over list price. Not as many contracts, but solid buyers coming in looking for properties. The question is, is inventory coming out onto the market? That's what we ask ourselves every every month. And the answer is yes. So last year we were down 30% across the board in Fairfax County in Northern Virginia. The inventory, the suppressed inventory kept prices up and kept sales down, right? So very tough, um, uh, very tough um, in, a, um, in the market that we were in, all right? So this year, listings are up 10% across the board. Not great, but better. Some markets are better than others. Vienna, crazy, up 75% over last year at this time. Now, so, you know, what I want to do is I want to take you online really quick and, and you can find out how the market's doing just like that, okay? So I'm going to go ahead and share my screen real quick. If you go to kcsampson.com and you hit market snapshot, right? That's going to take you to this page right here, all right? The first thing you're going to see is the inventory, and I do this every week. I really do it a lot more than that, but I'm telling you, we repost this every week so we know what's current. So Fairfax County's up a few uh, up a few points, Loudoun County up 20 points, Prince William County. I can tell you that my newest one in Fairfax County is up about seven points. So I think we're good. We're good to go with that. Now on the right hand side, we'll find out are the buyers out there to buy these houses that are coming out of the market. Across the board, if a home is listed in the last 30 days, there's a 50-50 chance that it got sold. It went under contract. Not bad, not great, not bad. Now, the problem is a lot of people are way overpricing their houses or underpreparing houses, and that's why only half of them are going under contract. But don't be fooled. If that house is in good shape and it's priced correctly, it will get six or seven contracts and we'll sell 50 to 75,000 or 5%, 7%, 8% higher than you listed for. So if you know we have a listing coming on in, uh, in Virginia Run, I can assure you that we'll put that on at a reasonable price and it will be, and buyers will pay an unreasonable price when it comes on. They will bid that house up, okay? So this is what the counties look like. That's the absorption rates for the counties. Now down here, we're looking at certain cities, right? So. Vienna, the inventory is a little crazy. It's pretty big. Uh, 78% uh, increase. And the qualified, so let me tell you the difference between qualified and um, and the regular, okay? Qualified means, has been on the market for at least four days. That gives them an opportunity to sell. Is it not crazy overpriced? So let's say 10 houses go on the market, and I've got three that are still active, seven one under contract. And in this case, 75%. If a house is on there that's listed at 160% of assessment, 
And I know everybody else is selling at about 110 to 115. I don't count them. That's just a greedy seller, unprofessional agent, overlisted, let them have it. Not going to skew our numbers. So I take out the not qualified listings. And I just said, if a home was listed relatively reasonable, what percentage of that went under contract? And you can see it's 70, 80, 90%, right? Of what's going on in the market. The average is that 76% of the qualified inventory <clears throat> has gone under contract. So what does that tell me? If you're reasonable and you put it on at a good price, you prepare correctly, prepare for multiple contracts. And that's exactly what we're seeing. The next phase is we look at every week, what does the market look like? What has come on the market or gone under contract in, in each market, right? So this is a weekly deal. These are homes that have come on in seven days and this is, this is pending, right? So as you come down, you can see all the listings in Oakton and Vienna and, and all this stuff. This, this chart right here shows what a 3,000 square foot house built in 1990, what that sold for throughout the years. So you can see that was 2022, there's 2023, a little bit off, right? In this market. You can see how McLean is doing. These are these numbers right here. This is just basically what happened this week. What came on this week? Now, some of these haven't had time to go under contract yet. So they're not qualifiers, right? They haven't been on for at least four days. Five days. So these really aren't even qualifiers on there. It's not a qualifier. Okay. This is this would have been removed because it's been on too long, right? So basically, we're just talking about, you know, one, two. Two of these houses are qualified listings, okay? But it lets you know what's on the market and, you know, come on this week and what's happening in your markets. Also, look at Centerville. Nothing. You got one house coming on the market. And in seven days, you got one. One came on and one is coming, right? Not a big market. So let's go back. Now let's go back up. And let's go down to... Specific markets. So in Fairfax County, we break it up by, by price ranges. So in the 850 to $1 million range, what does that market look like? How many homes are active? This is not a qualifier, right? These two just came on. Right? So we look at what's expired, what's gone pending, what's active, and what's, what's closed, what's coming soon. So for every price range, you have a market. So I'm looking in the million to 1.25 million. That's what's going on in that market. This is what's going on at 125 to 15. And, and you can come down here and you can see everything from Haymarket to Oakton, but we break it down by price ranges. So if you're in Great Falls between two and three million, what the heck is what does that market look like right now in Great Falls between two and three million? There it is. You got four houses on. They've all been sitting on for a ton of time, which means they're not qualifiers. They overpriced them, underprepared them. They're not qualifiers. So I would look at this market and say, nobody's under contract, right? I mean, nobody's active. There's no competition in this market, okay? So as far as the market conditions are concerned, you know, you can come down and you can look at each market. There's McLean, 1 million to 1.5. Look, there's a lot under contract. This is active contingent, which means somebody, there's a contingency on the property to either sell a house or... <coughs> home inspection or finance contingency or something, right? 
I like the pending. I don't like that. I like this, right? So I, when I say that, I don't like active with contingencies. I don't want a contingency on my property. I want them to go under pending. I don't have no home inspection, no financing contingency, no home, uh, no uh, appraisal contingency. I don't want anything. I want pending. Okay. So, so this is how you can follow your market every day. You can go to kcsampson.com. You can hit market snapshot, whether you want to see, you know, the inventory that's coming on and growing, or you want to see what's happened the last seven days, or you just want to see what's happening in my market in Haymarket under a million dollars. You can come on and certainly see that on this page. Okay. So go to market snapshot. That'll tell you what your market looks like. Then you can stay up to date on what's going on in your market because knowledge is power. You need to have knowledge. Okay. All right. So let's talk about a couple other things. <clears throat> now that we've gone over market snapshot, let's talk about a couple other things. Three keys to selecting a realtor. And I will tell you that your biggest deal, and you can see, see all these 240 days, 215, see all the days on market, right? That's death, right? That's that's just horrible. Look at all these, look at all these on the market for 100, 131 days, 85, 84. So the most important thing you can do is select a realtor, okay? I mean, can you imagine having a house sit on the market for 142 days? Is that ridiculous? So, so let's talk real quick about the three elements that you need when you're interviewing a realtor. Number one, empathy. You need to have a realtor that listens, doesn't talk. I love to talk, don't get me wrong, but listens. We have a lot of trip ups here, roadblocks to selling that house. These people have gone all the way down in here and made a mistake and had to go back to ground zero. That's what it, that's what 142 days on the market looks like. They came in, they did all this, they worked down the road, and now they got to go back to zero. So this is horrible sitting on this track right here. So the risks or the stress points picking the agent. Maybe 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 you're kind of being forced to work with a friend or a relative or business associate, there's pressure on you to use somebody that's stress. Pricing the home. I think my house is worth more than that or it's worth less than that. I don't know what the price is. You screw that up, you're done. Decluttering, 90%, I, I would say 90% of our clients, when I use the word decluttering, they cringe. This is a big, big effort. So we need to know what is, when I talk about empathy, we need to know <clears throat> what is it that is um, the stress point of the seller. Could they be getting a divorce? Could that be the problem? Could they have just had a death in the family? Could the wife be sick and ill and they need to move to a nursing home? She could, could, you know, what is the stress point here? I've got 30 years of clutter in my house. That's my biggest problem. Got it. Because before we can reach into a tool chest and, and help a seller, we need to know what tool to use. Oh, now I got tools for everything, don't worry about it. But let's emphasize decluttering this house. How are we gonna do it? What's our plan? Let's emphasize how are we gonna take a 1995 house and make it look like a 2023 house, right? So empathy means I need to really understand what people are, where they're coming from, okay? So that's number one. 
Number two, the second element you need, first is empathy, the second is communications, right? I get a lot of people call me, they're home, all those 142 days on the market, they're going to go withdraw or expire, a lot of them are going to call me. I'm going to say, the biggest problem is nobody was communicating with me. Communications were horrible. Fine. This comes to the second thing you need to look. How are you going to communicate with me? How do we communicate, right? So right here, this is the listing protocol. This is a step-by-step of every step we're going to make. So let's say we're getting ready to go coming soon. Three days before coming soon, you get this in an email. There's your launch protocol. There's everything you need to know what's about to happen with your listing. Everything you're gonna need to know. Now, I have some sellers that will hand me a key and say, here's the house, you do it. I'm going to Key West and I'm not coming back. I'm not coming back. This was a $1.85 million house. He goes, try and get 1.85. Here's the key. If you got to paint it, paint it, send me the bills. But I'm out of here, man. I don't want to hear about any of this stuff. And then there are other sellers that need to know every step of the way, what is happening and how they're doing it. So we treat everybody the same. Everybody gets the communication, right? So before we launch coming soon, you're going to get it coming soon, right? And before you get a contract, and by the way, we're going to go live, and then you get this one. Now we're going live. What, what can you expect now? So all along the way, all what do you need to know about open house? We're going to do an open house on Sunday. That's everything you need to know. Boom. Comes out to you. So we're going to keep peppering the seller with communications on what is happening. What is the protocol? Let's talk about showing. In some states, a listing agent shows up at every showing, not in Virginia. In Virginia, we don't show up at showings because, A, there's 20 of them on a Saturday. No, no human being can last with that. We don't have one showing every week. We, we have 20 showings a day sometimes. So, so it's not practical, number one. Number two, if a listing agent shows up at a listing and a selling agent is showing the house, it inhibits them. It inhibits the buyer. It creeps them out. They, don't, they can't talk freely. You make them feel uncomfortable. That's the last thing we want them to feel. We want them to be comfortable. Take your time. Look around. Talk trash about the house if you want to. Not going to hurt anybody's feelings. If you have a problem, your agent's going to tell me about it. We're going to come up with a solution. But so, so you need to have communications. That's, the, that's really the next part of this, okay? So, so... When we communicate with the seller, they have a clear understanding of what's happening and what's going on, okay? When contracts come in, how are we gonna handle this? Are we gonna smother you with contracts? No, we are going on a roller coaster ride when it comes to contract negotiations. When we get to this point, we're gonna tell you what we're doing, but we can't say, this guy's up and this guy's down, and this is up, it's a roller coaster. It'll freak you out. So. We handle the contracts, we send them to you, but we're negotiating behind the scenes. And then when we come to a conclusion of the best and the second best and the third best, then we'll reach out and go, okay, here's number one, here's number two, here's number three. And we want to make sure there's communication because if you take too long, if a seller's not sure and needs to think about it, needs to, you know, they need to know that as all time goes on, the best contracts will walk away. They've given you their highest and their best. 
They put their best foot forward. It's a great contract. There's no home inspection. There's no financing contingency. There's no appraisal. Now they think you're shopping their contract. Some agents do. We don't. We like to get our sellers, once we have the highest and best by the deadline, right? Then we'll make a move on the best contract because they know we're not shopping them. We have, we've already shopped them. Everybody's had ample time to see the property. Do do any inspections. If you want to do a pre-inspection, that's fine. And we have a clean contract. And now let's now let's move on the contract. Now think about it for three days, because every day that goes by, you're going to lose a couple contracts. If you lose the best contract, sometimes you could go from 1.5, the next closest contract, 1425. $75,000 loss if you take your time. And that's why we need to communicate that we cannot wait to drag these contracts on because it gets personal and they walk away. So, so anyways, first one is empathy. The second one is communication. I think we've, we've beaten that one to death, right? And the next one, right? The next one on communication is professional execution, right? So, Professional execution, let me get, get out of here for now. Professional execution is this. I get the plan. You communicated your plan. Um, how are you going to execute it? And I want to know your track record. How are you going to do this? Right? So if somebody's done 100 deals and they average, everything goes through and they sell forty or 50000 over list price on average. And they sell an average of six days on average. And I've just shown you some of these that are on for 100 days, 140 days, 220 days, or whatever. And that's evidence that the professional execution is successful. At that point, people hand the keys over and go, I'm getting the hell out of here. You guys do it. Now, professional execution means this. Every step along the way. Uh, when I was in the Marines, let me go back to this just real quick. When I was in the Marines, they teach you that whoever, whatever job you have in the Marines, you do better than everyone in the world, not in the neighborhood or in the county or the town, or you do it better than anybody. And I remember looking at a guy fixing a truck and thinking of him, a Marine fixing a truck. Going, he must be the best mechanic in the world. He is just that good. I don't care whether you're a rifleman or you're, you know, intelligence, or you're a recon ranger or whatever. You're better at what you do than anyone in the world. Silent drill team, no doubt about it. Better than any drill team in the world, right? That was just the mentality you have. So across the way, professional execution means every step along the way. That guy walks in to, to show you how to declutter your house. He's really good at it. I mean, he's a professional. Somebody's setting up the house, 10-year experience. They know what paint color. They know this. They know that. They know what to do and what not to do, right? So we have outbound. How do you get it out? That's one professional. How are we going to fix it up? What's coming in? That's the next professional. When we negotiate contracts, better at it than anybody. Pricing, better at it. It's been 10 years just working on pricing models. I know predictive analysis, we know. We know what the price is. We got you. You know. So professional execution means along the way, everyone you meet with or talk to is going to be a professional. Julie, rock star. Michelle, Rockstar. So Ferris, Ewe, Johnny G, 
Morgan, Kelly, Pat, anyway, anybody you meet is going to be a professional executing the plan. We have people that will fix up the house, right? We trust them so much. I, 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 we had one that had a massive pool in the backyard and we went into Tyler Ross, who's a genius at, at fixing problems. And I'm like, dude, I got leaks in the basement. It's, you know, they're running in here. I got a pool in the backyard and I got a sport court out here. That's got to go. Give me a plan. And let me tell you something magnificent. What he did people fixing up that house, Jimmy going in, fixing the house up, getting paid at settlement money. Cedro price is better than anybody in the world. You know, Cedro's worked with us for 10, 12, 14 years. Beautiful. Anyone you meet is going to be a professional that comes along that line. One, two, three, jump, professional. All-star movers, awesome. So professional execution means you're in the hands of a professional no matter where you go. And they have time and they will communicate. Again, when people come to me and their house has been sitting on the market for 42 days, they say, I call my real estate agent, but they haven't, they don't get back to me for like three or four days. Three or four days? Call Billy Sampson right now. I'll bet he picks up his phone. Call Morgan or Kelly. I bet they all, I bet they all pick up their phone. And if they don't, they're in a meeting and they call you as soon as it gets back because they can multitask. They'll be in a meeting and they'll call you as soon as I get done. So I'll call you as soon as I get done. I'll bet you it's less than a minute before they get back to you. So that is professional execution along the way. Then you look at the track record, it's done. Because let me let me go back here real quick. Let me tell you what we're shooting for. We're shooting for that right there. That is the expressway. This is the express lane on the highway, man. This is where nothing goes wrong. This is professionals pricing, no problem there. Decluttering professional, home prep experts, professionals. We have a short showing period because we priced it right and we tested it. We know it's going to be a short showing period. These are all of the... The, the stress points of the transaction. Multiple contracts, no stress on my seller. Stress is on the buyers and their agents, not on my seller, right? If there's no inspection, there's no stress. If we've already pre-inspected the property and have it standing there waiting for the buyers and say you're competing against six other contracts, you have a home inspection. Here's our home inspection. If you remove it, you will be more competitive. 90% of our homes come in with an inspection and ratify a contract without an inspection. Ask any realtor, what's a, for a seller, the most stressful part of the transaction is decluttering. Inspections, you just want to kill yourself. I mean, you literally want to kill yourself. And that's clearly one of the biggest things that, that sends a contract back to square one, where the buyer goes, hey, I, I too many things wrong with this house. I'm getting out of here. We don't want to buy our inspection. We'll do the seller inspection. They're nicer, right? So the moving assistance, if, if my guy, the outbound guy, knows the best teams, the best crews on the moving trucks, then he knows which crew to put my seller in touch with to make sure it's a totally smooth transaction. No stress there. So we're looking for the expressway when you talk about, are you listening to me? Do you know where my stress points are? Are you communicating every step of the way? And is there a, is there a professional handy, the execution of every task? And if there is, you're on the expressway. And the difference money-wise could be $50,000, could be $100,000, 
Again, it could be that five to seven percent, right? So on a one point five million dollar house, let's let's call it one hundred seventy five to one hundred thousand bucks. I guarantee you, I follow this stuff all the time. That's what's at stake at these properties. Now, when do you call a realtor? When do you call us in? Yesterday, we went met a guy not to sell for five years, right? But Morgan and I went in to look at the house to give advice on what to do to the home. And I have a news bulletin for you. A 32-year-old woman and a 65-year-old man don't always agree. So we'll go in and say, I think we should do this. I don't know about that. I think... Right. It's not a perfect system. It's it's a collaboration. It's a collaboration of the old and the new. Where do we have to spend our money? Different eyes looking at it from different areas. So we can go in two years, three years, four years, five years yesterday ahead of it. But he's getting ready to spend one hundred thousand dollars on a kitchen. Should he do that? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Why? Got two bathrooms upstairs on a big mansion. Two bathrooms upstairs. Need to find room for a third bathroom. We need to fix up the master bedroom bathroom. Looks like a cave in there. We need to make that look like a $1.8 million house. So take the money from the kitchen. Create a uh, third bathroom upstairs because that's what's called functionally obsolete. If all the homes have three bathrooms upstairs and that one does not, we need to put a third one up there and let a space planner find out where it's going to go. They're geniuses. Again, Put it in the hands of a professional. Let them let them handle Master bedroom, bathroom, got to fix it up. But guess what? Main level master bedroom. There's a master bedroom upstairs too. So you've got to take some of the money and put it downstairs, some of the money put it upstairs and make sure that works. So, you know, when, when the collaboration works, we all agree on the course of action that you should take on kitchens, bathrooms, Paint's easy, you know, hardware. Um, if I'm selling an $8.5 million house, um, should it have six six uh, panel holocore doors? No. no. Every dollar you put into the house will return money. It's not an expense, it's an investment. Invest in the house, make sure it looks fine, right? Make sure it looks like what people are used to seeing when they walk into a $1.85 million house. And there you go. When do you call your realtor? Whenever you want. If you're going to make it, and by the way, drop the paintbrush. Do not paint your house. Don't paint the house. If you're going to sell within the next two years, then put the paintbrush down. If you're living it for 10 years, I don't care what color paint. I've seen some weird colors in houses. Color whatever you want. But if you're going to sell... Within the next two years or three years, do not paint that house. You got to call us up. We'll at least give you the, you know, what the current colors are. And you know what? There may be, it it, it may be going from gray to a tan or a taupey or may, maybe going more to a, a greenish uh, oyster bay or whatever it is. It really depends on the house. It depends on the flooring. It depends on the kitchen. It depends on what everything else is. What color you're going to paint that house. So, so that is basically, uh, you talk to Billy and, and Morgan and Kelly, you, you get a, 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 a college master's degree class on 
painting, right? Billy, master's degree on lighting, right? So, so bring the realtors in early, couple reasons. One, they have contractors, they know who to, who to call. Two, uh, Morgan and I, or Kelly and I went into a house and Michael and Sons was gonna put in $180,000 worth of kitchens and bathrooms. And um, so they asked us to come by and see the house years ago. And uh, <laughs> kitchen was current, uh, bathrooms were current. Um, look great. So I went down and the wife and the husband were standing there and I told the husband, I said, look, if you're going to throw away $180,000, go buy a boat. At least you can have some fun, right? Because if you put kitchens and bathrooms in this house, you're wasting money. You're throwing it away. So if you're going to throw it away, go buy a boat. And the guy goes, all right, you got it. And, and, you know, he's happy and I'm happy and, and the wife is happy. So we don't like to waste money. Um, we can tell you what's appropriate because we walk in these houses every day. We can tell you what's customary and what makes it look updated. And I will tell you this, one reason why we don't like, don't spend too much money in your house is because let's take one person that put $150,000 worth of upgrades into their house. They're only getting 50 back. And let's take somebody that didn't make any upgrades in his house, but we come in and put in $20,000 worth of, uh, you know, little updates, right? So we're going to make more money than the person did. They're going to lose money because they have 150,000 invested in that house. They're only getting 50 of it back. They lose a hundred grand. All we did was put in 15 and got back 60 or 70. We win. So when I say the decision on, on how you sell and what you sell, there's tens of thousands of dollars at stake. If I'm wrong, it's because that price is too low. $100,000 at stake. My name is Casey Sampson. You've been listening to Coffee with Casey. We're here every Thursday morning, 10.30. I'm not sure I'm going to be here next Thursday. What day is it? It's the first. You've all got seven days, shopping days left before my birthday next Thursday. And I don't know what I'll be doing. Maybe I'll do the show. But um, but anyways, thank you for joining. Kind words that people send to me all the time. Uh, appreciating what we, we put out here. So if you're looking for me, I'm at Casey at CaseySampson.com or 703-508-2535. We'll see you again next week. Bye now.